Say lie. Laps. Lilaps. Which translates to storm. Storm. Amen. So that's a Greek word for storm. And those of you who, uh, who pretty much know where I'm going with this, I am preaching out of Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus calms the storm. Okay? Now, this is a very popular uh, passage, a very, uh, I mean, I, I probably heard it preached five times, something like that. And it is just an honor to, to preach such, such a message. And it's, it's a simple one, but it still requires a little bit of digging and a little bit of soul searching for us. Amen? So, what was the Greek word again? And what does it mean? Amen. So today's message, sister, if you could put up the, that slide there, please. The one that just looks out of place. Spiritual meteorologist. Okay, what's a meteorologist? The weatherman, right? The guy that predicts the, the weather and stuff like that, right? So we have the five-day forecast, amen? We have Thursday, good day. Friday, elevate, great day. Ooh, Saturday, we feel a little bit of pressure. Sunday, fighting at home. Monday, friends, we're back at school on Monday, and then here we go all over again. Those friends of yours that, that you claim as friends or certain friends or whatever just don't understand. They begin to pick on you, or they begin to just uh, just accuse you of certain things, and they begin you just begin to have this pressure that begins on Saturday, and then that pressure goes on to Sunday because that fighting at home continues to happen. And this this is me, by the way. This is, this is that's me. Pressure because fighting at home. There's always fighting at home. There's always uh, screaming, yelling, things banging against the wall, pots shattering against stuff. And friends on Monday because I thought they were my friends, but really they weren't. You see, can you predict the coming storm in your life? Can you predict it? Today's message, you will be a spiritual meteorologist, amen? amen. You will predict the weather, and you're, it's not going to be kind of like, well, on this coast over here, we're having a pretty good, you know, a little bit of a hot weather coming in from the South Caribbean, even though I pointed down that it's coming north. But it's okay, because I'm not an actual meteorologist. I'm a spiritual meteorologist, amen? Amen. amen. So let's go ahead and read on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Let me get an amen when you're there. You're there? Amen? Amen. All right, sister, if you could put up the, the, the last picture, please. Jesus calms the storm. You know what? Go ahead and put the, the passage up there, please. So we just have everybody read it because it's an uh, important message. Amen. BibleGateway.com. You guys like how I did that? Pretty clever. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Clever. Clever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus calms the storm. Verse 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boats. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went uh, and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Verse 27, then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Wow. Amen. Now, we all know uh, the Gospels. Amen. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, correct? Now, we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So just focus Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those three 
uh, are very similar, and the uh, book of John doesn't have the story of Jesus calms the storm. But let's go to another gospel where it's slightly more descriptive. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And I wanted to read this because, like I said, it's just slightly more uh, descriptive. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to go to verse 1. Let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. Amen. Okay, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat uh, sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Let's jump all the way down to verse 35. Now we see, we see through verse 1 that Jesus is teaching. The crowd is so big that he's going to go in a boat and, and preach out there. Now we see uh, the story of Jesus comes the storm. <coughs> Jesus comes the storm. Excuse me if I, as I get water. <clears throat> Amen. So that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they, got, they took him along. I'm sorry. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and that's basically like a storm, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was, it was nearly swamped, so it nearly sank. Now, verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Verse 40, he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this dude? Well, can you imagine? Just like this is going out, oh, like all during all this. And like they they know, they've seen the miracles that Jesus was performing and all this is going on. Do you think they were kind of like waiting, hesitating, like, you know, they're shaking. They're like, oh, they're kind of looking at you. You wake them up. No, no, you wake them up. No, they were like, Jesus, we're going to drown. We're going to drown. We're going to drown. Don't you care about us? And Jesus gets up. I well, come on, guys. I rebuke the wind and the, the waves calm down. You go, Sky is cleared up. Sunny day. Amen. That's basically what happened. So. Within the last couple of chapters, we find only we find uh, only that Jesus was teaching and working to begin his ministry. So if we look in the previous chapters, we find that Jesus is just preaching, 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 working his ministry, we're performing miracles, healing the sick, healing the paralyzed. Amen. So Jesus had a crowd so large that in order to be seen by the followers that he had, a big crowd were followers, he had to get in a boat and sit. Now. Specifically, what they meant by sitting, sitting was the usual position for a Jewish teacher. FYI, just for information, they would usually sit. That's why you see Jesus sitting on the rock, like, you know what I mean? So, I'm usually like this, you know what I mean? But now I'm just like, I want to be like Jesus, so I will sit. Amen. FYI, just side note, sorry. Okay, so, 
being tired, he withdrew from the crowds to take rest out of exhaustion. Okay, he was he's been preaching all day. We find that he falls asleep. Okay, showing the human side of Jesus, right? Because Jesus was is is God and human, right? In one, right? One. So this showing the healings, the miracles, and stuff like that, showing really the miraculous powers that is of God, and then showing the human side of Jesus. He's just so exhausted. He's tired off of preaching that he falls asleep. All of a sudden, that we, we see a storm to be uh, so big, it begins to erupt and scares fishermen. It scares fishermen, guys. Now, if you're a fisherman, your job is to fish. And do you fish on land or do you fish in water? Now, water has waves, right? So if this is their profession, you would think that they've, they've been through a couple storms. Amen, right? Now, the Sea of Galilee, you know what? Put, put a picture up of the Sea of Galilee, sister. Put that, 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 that nice detail on. Don't want to love the lumps. <laughs> the lumps. Amen. So you know what? We're going we're gonna to take it all the way back. Show the globe really quick, sister. Now, I know a lot of you know, but I'd like to remind you, okay, where we are at right now. Okay, this is... This is where we're at, as United States, right? We're specifically right here. Now, we're going to be focusing all the way over here, and we're going to be around this area, okay? Go ahead, zoom in. Boom. Okay, so we're in that area, and now this is Africa. Those who know the big continent, this big continent, Africa, Italy, okay? We have Turkey here, which back then was Asia Minor, okay? So this is basically where all this, this is happening around here, but specifically where Jesus is preaching is around this place right here. Now, this is the, the, uh, uh, the land, uh, Cyprus. Now, keep, now look at that, okay? Keep there. Now, go to the next one. Boom. Now, that same island that you had your eye on is right here, okay? And we're around here now. And specifically, this is, we see the Jordan River coming out. How many of you guys know the Jordan River where Jesus got baptized, right? Okay, amen. So we see it going down, and you see this big dot right there? That is the Sea of Galilee. Now let's zoom in and so focus on that dot right there. Boom. And there it is right up there. And that region, all that region up there is Galilee. And that, right, that body of water right there is the Sea of Galilee. And that's where he is right now in this story. That's where he's on the boat. He's in that big lake. And go, ahead and, sh- and, and go to the next one, sister. Yes, perfect. This is the one I wanted. You see how mountainous this area is right here? You see that? Amen? So because of those mountains, you know, uh, they're, 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 when the wind comes, they bring certain, certain um, hot air from the, from the south, and they bring cold air due to the, to the lake with the, the cold water. And when they come in with the breeze sharp down, it creates waves at certain times, right? It, create, it creates, uh, like we saw right now, storms at certain times. And, and the Sea of Galilee is actually known for that at times, for storms to be erupting, um, kind of somewhat of what we've seen here. So, amen. You guys got that? Amen. amen. Okay, all of a sudden, uh, we see a storm so big, erupt that it scares fishermen, okay? Even though these men spent their lives on the water, this storm had them question Jesus, Okay? So we find three things really quick. Even though some of you are used are used to the pressures of this world, you guys go through it on a daily basis, there might be a certain storm that will make you question Jesus. Even though some of you know that it feels like uh, what, it, what it feels like to be tempted by the devil, he might start a storm that will make you question if Jesus is watching you. 
Okay, such a storm where, where and he tempts you so much and he creates something inside of you where he questions, like, I wonder if Jesus is looking at me right now. You see, even though some of you are being discipled to become leaders, there will be, I'm not saying there might be, there will be a storm that will have you question your walk with the Lord. You see, even though these men spent their lives, I'm sorry, they're fishermen, that means, that most likely means their father was a fisherman, that most likely their father's father was a fisherman, so they spent their whole lives on it, right? Now, one time when, when uh, uh, we were in Jesus' Lake this summer, we were in Jesus' Lake for uh, the, uh, the summer retreat, uh, Adam and I and my brother were canoeing, really nice, it was really fun, but when we got towards the middle, towards the middle of the lake, it started getting pretty crazy. You remember that, Adam? It started getting, like, it started scaring me. Like, I was, we were just cruising, you know, like, oh, this is nice. And all of a sudden, oh, some turbulence. That's okay. We're in waves, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, dude, what's going on? You know, I like how I'm doing this. But, like, you know, like, we're just like, oh, dude, I'm looking at Adam. No. I'm going to be the first, I'll be the first to admit it. I was scared, and I was like, dude, I'm the one who mentioned it first. I'm like, dude, this ain't right, bro. I'm a little nervous right now. You remember that? And my brother was in the middle, who has no control over I have a paddle, at least. And he's just like, okay, guys, okay, guys. He's just like, oh, I'm for your life. And I'm just like, dude, let, let's turn around, man. We can't get in the middle anymore, because I'm, I'm literally like, I, we're going to fall over. Like, I feel like we are going to fall over, because th- they were getting crazy, and I'm just like, what are you, what's going on? Like, you're supposed to be peaceful. <laughs> oh, I was so frustrated. And then we tried turning back. We were like, okay, okay, turn back. And as we were paddling away, we were paddling this way, but the boat was going this way, even though we were paddling that way, because the currents were so strong, it was pulling us towards the middle anyways. And then me, being scared, and up! Paddle faster! <laughs> I'm like, ah! And I was there, man. I was like, ah, dude. And then as we get out there, we're finally, we went from this to just, you know, normal water, you know. Okay. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then Adam was like, dude, like this, was it, it was you and I who mentioned that. I forgot. One of us mentioned this, like, man, can you imagine how the disciples felt? If they were fishermen... And they were on the water every single day. And I'm not just talking about for the past 10 years. I'm talking about since they were children. Their father most likely trained them to be fishermen. So they had to do it from, from childhood. So they were used to the waters. They've been in a couple storms. They know what to do. And yet they were terrified. Can you imagine how bad of a storm this was? How bad of a storm. I'm glad I am a land walker. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I am a city boy. Born and raised the killer shot. Psych. Because <laughs> you know I'm gangster like that. Amen. Although, okay, so back to the message, guys. We know, man. So on a serious note now, back to the message, all right? So we've seen that that storm that they went through, that the disciples went through, had to be the most craziest storm ever. And we got to remember that although that was a physical storm that happened in the waters and they were really potentially able to drown, we got to think about the spiritual storms that happen in our life. The spiritual storms that happen in us, in our lives, 
the lies of the devil, the, the, the lies of the devil, the lives that we live in, the schools that we go to. How many of you guys live in Chicago? Anybody live in the suburbs over here? I don't think so. We all live in the city. We all, there, there's gang violence, okay? We all, we all see it. We've all experienced it. I was, I was chased a couple of times when I was in high school when I was witnessing uh, to Jehovah Witness uh, Kingdom Hall, which is their church, whatever. I went in my car and I almost got jumped by like ten game bangers trying to trying to break in, and I was literally in, in my car reversing forward, reversing forward, trying to get out of this tight parking spot as they are on top of my car with uh, with Timberland boots trying to kick in my window. You know what I mean? Look, guys, look, I've experienced that. I grew up in the city. I go on and on, on and on and on. Okay, trust me, I've experienced a lot. Praise the Lord that I did not become anything like those people, but. We gotta experience. We gotta know and acknowledge that the storms are a coming. Amen? Amen. So Peter, Andrew, James, and John were professional fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Those were the four out of the twelve that were professional fishermen, and they were terrified. You see, a quote from Dr. Bill Lawrence. I really like this a lot. It really touched my heart. Is we can bring storms on ourselves. You guys know that. See, we can bring storms on ourselves, but not every storm we face comes because we did something wrong. Often, we end up in storms because we obeyed Jesus, even as it was with the disciples that night. You see, the storms will come because we follow Jesus. What did Jesus said? Come with me. Let's go to the other side. They, they followed him. The storm came. We got to acknowledge that when we follow Jesus, the storms will come. It's pretty much guaranteed. You see, there is not a moment when God looks down and says, Darn, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, he's not going to send a storm and go, Oh, oh, that was too much of a storm. I didn't expect that to happen. Oops, sorry, guys. You know, no, he knows. God knows. God knows what you can handle. God knows everything. God has a tendency of leading us into storms. Jesus himself was led into the storm. You guys know that, right? Jesus himself was led into a storm. Who killed Jesus? Who who, who killed Jesus? The Romans, the soldiers, uh, Pilate, right? No, 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 no. They might have physically killed Jesus, But Jesus killed Jesus. He knew what was coming. He knew what he came here for. He knew what time time it was. He knew when the time was. Jesus killed Jesus. He came down with a purpose to die on that cross. He said, go ahead, take me. He didn't fight back. He could have easily called a legion of angels to come down and kill everybody. But he said, go ahead. I love them so much. Jesus killed Jesus. Not the Roman emperors. Not the, not the Roman governor. Not the, the Roman soldiers. Not Pilate. It was Jesus. Because it was part of his plan. You understand? God led Jesus into that storm. You understand me? Let's get a side note really quick. Side note. Let's, let's look at verse 39 of, of, um, of uh, Mark Chapter 4, verse 39. He got up. As I was researching, I found this extremely interesting, and I really wanted to share it with you guys, okay? He got up, rebuked the wind, 
and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. But what did Jesus do? He got up and what? Rebuked, right? Now, rebukes are only necessary when someone is out of order. If I'm going to rebuke you, uh, like you're out of order in some place somehow, right? If you're, if you're talking during, during the message or something, I'm going to be like, hey, be quiet or get out. I'm rebuking you. Stop, right? When you're out of order. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 really quick, though. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. Let me get an amen with you there. Amen. All right. The creation waits in eager expectation of the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected, subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning, now creation, that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So today, kind of a hard passage to understand at times if, you, if you're not really uh, studying it. I'm going to go ahead and explain this to you really quick. In this passage, we find that nature has been affected by the sin just as man has. So when Adam and Eve sinned and, and, and sin came down for the rest of us, he didn't just, the man did not just, was not the only one that was affected, it was also nature. You see, the winds and the waves play an important role on this earth, but, the, but like humans, they get out of order. A storm may get so out of order that it destroys property and takes lives. So in verse 39, we see that Jesus rebuked nature because nature was out of order with the Creator. The creation was out of order with the Creator. Jesus' purpose on getting on the boat was to get on the other side, not to sink in the middle. His purpose on this earth was to die on the cross, not to drown in the Sea of Galilee. So he rebuked the storm. You see, the storm was getting out of order. He said, whoa, 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 I'm not supposed to die here. You're getting out of order. Storm, I rebuke you. Calm down and be still. And it, and it, be, it came back in order. You see, now, because of that, we see that after the storm was quieted down by Jesus, what did he say to, uh, to his disciples? Why are you afraid? Why are you, are, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? You see, we find that Jesus was disappointed in the lack of faith of the disciples. We didn't find Jesus get up in the middle of the storm and give the disciples orders on sailing, uh, on, on setting sail or how to run a boat when the storm like this happens. He didn't get up and say, you're doing it all wrong. Let me do it here. Set sail, you know, get up, pull these knots, all these complicated knots. No, he didn't do that. The disciples seen the healing, the signs, the wonders and the miracles, yet they had no faith in the power of Jesus. You see, Jesus knew what was happening. He knew. He knew what was going on. Faith 
was crucial for believers 2,000 years ago and today for us to now. Now, right now, it's crucial for us. Faith is what Jesus looked for then and is what he looks for now. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith we are saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, But we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith we stand firm. Through faith we stand firm, guys. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, for in the gospel a righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to last, just as it was written, the righteous will live by faith. We are to live by faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you have, which we, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Through faith, we have a shield that blocks the flaming arrows of Satan. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that the rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, what was Jesus looking for at that moment when He knew what was going on? He was looking for faith. What was he looking for 2,000 years ago? Faith. What is he looking for now in us elevates faith. He's looking for faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you don't have enough faith to know that the Lord is going to deliver you from your storm, it is impossible to please God. If you do not have enough faith to know that God will deliver you, it is impossible to please God. You can stand here all day. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord. I worship you. I praise you. I will dance in your presence. I love you, Lord. But if you do not have enough faith to know that God can change you, it is impossible to please Him. Impossible. I may have Layla on the keys, please. Impossible to please God. Do you think God, Jesus was happy when he had to rebuke the storm? Was he happy? No, because after he rebuked the storm, he rebuked the disciples. He was disappointed, guys. He was disappointed because of the lack of faith that was shown by his very own. See, in verse 41, it says they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Elevate, who is this man? Who is this man that controls the weather? Who is this man that is able to calm the storm? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey? Obey him. 
Who is this man? The disciples were terrified because the fear of the Lord was just instilled upon them. At that moment, the fear of the Lord, boom, fell on them. But why did it fall on them? Throughout their whole lives, they were taught that only God, the Creator, could do such a thing with the wind and the waves on creation. Throughout their whole lives, throughout their whole Jewish lives, their Jewish teachings, they were taught that only God was able to do such a thing. And as soon as that happened, as soon as they saw Jesus do that, boom, whoa, who is this guy? Who is this man that just did that? You see, at that moment, they realized that Jesus is God. That's why they were terrified. Because all, everything that they were raised up to think was whacked out of proportion at that moment. And they didn't know what to do. But what did they have to rely on? Their faith to know that that is their Savior. That's the only thing, guys. We have to rely on Jesus, the person who is able to control the storm in your life, to know that He can put it out in a simple rebuke, in a couple words. Be still and quiet now, and the storm will be gone. You see, in closing, I want you guys to just please do me a favor and just close your eyes really quick. Bow your heads. I really want you guys to meditate and just concentrate on this really quick. You see, the disciples knew Jesus on a personal level. I want you guys to think about the disciples now. The disciples that were with him fishing, or not fishing, but on the boat. Now these disciples, these chosen men, disciples knew Jesus on a personal level. They spent every day with him. They understood his teachings. But for that moment on the boat, they did not trust him. Most of you spent every day with him. You understand his teachings. But when you go through a storm, will you trust him? Elevate, will you trust him when that storm comes? Will you trust him if you're going through that storm right now? Will you put your faith on him? Will you put your faith on the man who died on the cross for you? Will you put your faith on the man that is able to change lives in the blink of an eye? Will you trust him, Elevate? You know him in theory. You know Him. We talk about Him. I teach you about Him. You learn about Him when you study. You know Him in theory. But do you know Him in trust? Elevate. You know Him in theory. But do you know Him in trust? I really want you guys to think about that. You read about Him. You know that he died on the cross. You know that he rose on the third day. You know. You read about him. You just read about him. So 
personally? And do you know him well enough to trust him and have enough faith in him? Let's pray. Lord Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for growth in our spirituality and and growth to happen in our trust in you, Lord. Lord Father, that any time we are facing a storm, any trouble,